0: What is the greatest gift that you could give to a person? Think about it. Think about birthdays, Christmas, times that we give gifts. What's the greatest gift that you could give to a person? Think of anything material that you buy out there. And still, that's not the greatest gift that you could give to a person. Even though they may be nice things, you know, that you may have think of, I always think of, I used to watch the prices right when I was younger when they would say a new car and people would go crazy when they would have a new car. Would a new car be the greatest gift? No, it would not because if you think about cars that you had in the past, where are they right now In the junkyard. So if they were the greatest gift, they wouldn't be in the junkyard right now. So a car is not even the greatest gift. So what would be a greater gift than a car? How about a vacation? You know, going to the Bahamas or wherever, some island or some mountain somewhere. Would that be the greatest gift? No, because it's only temporary. It only lasts for a time. Is there any material gift that would be the greatest gift? Probably not. Even food. We need food. I love food, but even food is temporary. Even if I were to make you the greatest food, you know, say the greatest French chef in the world, making you the greatest food, still, that would not be the greatest gift. So what would be the greatest gift that you could give to another person? the greatest gift that you could give to another person is your very life itself. Because that gift cannot be equaled. To give your life for another person, to die for another person, is all that you can give. Because that's not something outside of you. That's something that's a part of you. That's something, who is you? To give your your own life for another person and to say, I will die for you. I will die. And my heartbeat will stop because I love you so much that I'm willing to even give my heart for you. Willing to give my whole life for you. And suppose I were to say that Not only am I willing to give my life for you, but I would do even more than that. I will not only give my life, but I would give my life in suffering for you and pain. And I will give every single drop of my blood that's flowing through my body, I will give all of my blood for you also. I will pour out my whole entire being, my whole entire blood, my life. Where you can see my physical life, my blood, because the blood is life itself. Life is in the blood, as it says in in the Bible. Life is in the blood. So if I give my life, if I give my blood, I'm giving something visible for you that you can see. It's not just something that's out there not just a, a theological concept. It's something that you can see, something that you can grasp. That I'm giving my blood for you. And, and I'm willing to be tortured and to suffer for you. And not only that, not only will I give my life for you, but also in giving my life for you and giving you this gift that I will... Even give my life where you can receive my life. And you can receive it physically. You can receive my life physically. That, you, that I want to give my life so much for you that I want to give you my very flesh where you can eat my flesh. And I want to give you my very blood where you can even drink my blood. Does it sound cannibalistic? Are you saying, Father, wait a minute, wait, 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 Father. You know, I'm not accountable. I don't drink blood. I don't eat flesh. But suppose I made it easy for you. And suppose I said, well, we, I know that you won't eat my flesh and drink my blood. But if I put it in a form that was easy to you as a human being. That if I gave my flesh, but it looked and tasted like bread. And I gave my blood, and it looked and tasted like wine. Would you receive me? Would you have union with me? Would you have communion with me? Would you allow me to dwell within you? Probably even more intimate than couples in marriage. Because couples in marriage don't dwell within each other. But yet with this gift, I will dwell within you and you will dwell within me. And that my dwelling within you will also raise you up, will also raise your human nature up to a new status. Would you not want to receive that gift? And suppose that gift is available to us every single day in the Catholic Church. That gift, what we call Holy Communion, the Eucharist. It's a gift that's given to us, freely given to us. We did not do anything for the gift just us being human beings, and God's great love for us, Jesus' great love for us, that he wants to give us this gift of himself in the Eucharist, that he wants to give his very flesh, the very flesh that he shed on the cross, his very blood that he poured out on the cross. And he not only wants us to contemplate the passion and thank him, but to receive the gift of his passion through Holy Communion, through the Eucharist. That his love that we see on the cross, Jesus is now saying, I want to give you that love every time you go to Mass. I want to give you my very flesh, my very body, but in the form of bread. And I want to give you my very blood in the form of wine. So that every time you receive my body and my blood, you will have life within you. Because blood brings life. And if the Son of God, who is God himself, if God brings us his very life through his precious blood, then we have life. Then he shall raise us up on the last day. That in Holy Communion, we're receiving God himself. We're physically receiving God. We're physically receiving God at that moment. God who has become man, but still is God. And so he raises our human nature up. What what the Eastern Church calls divinization. God divinizes us. He raises our human nature up to a new status when we receive Him in Holy Communion. That's right, Holy Communion is the greatest gift on the earth that we could receive. It is the greatest gift. And those who receive Holy Communion worthily will be resplendent after this life will be resplendent with the glory of Christ. There is even a mystic that said, when we receive Holy Communion, what we're about to do right now, when you receive Holy Communion and you go back to your pew and you have Jesus within you, this mystic said the angels around you bow down and worship. Not here, but before you. Because you become a living tabernacle of Jesus. You take Jesus with you. At that moment, Jesus is with you. That's why at that moment, don't be emailing all the priests all your problems. You got Jesus right there. I know you can email me all your problems and everything. I'm not God. I can't solve all your problems. Father Chris is not God. He can't solve all your problems. We are only priests. We're still human. But Jesus, he's right there. Jesus is right there when you receive him. Give all your problems to him at that moment. Ask him for strength. If you're carrying a cross, ask him for strength. If you're going through a sickness, ask him to help you not not to be discouraged. If you're you're battling sin in your life, you're going through a spiritual cross, ask Jesus to help you. If you're going through financial worries or things in your family, things in your marriage, ask him to help you. If you feel worried, afraid, anxious, ask Jesus to give you his light. If if you're having problems, maybe with the teaching of the church, ask Jesus, enlighten me, Jesus. Jesus at that moment Jesus can do incredible things at that moment it's all about Jesus church is all about Jesus if you lose your focus on Jesus you've lost your focus and we need to still keep proclaiming the name of Jesus that's what we're all about you're not here for me but you're here for Jesus You're here for Jesus. That's all about Jesus. And when Jesus comes into our life, Jesus transforms us from the inside out. If we allow him, if we allow him, God will not impinge on our free will, but we can allow him. We can say, Jesus, come into my life right now. And not only do we do that spiritually, do that physically here in Holy Communion. You don't even have to say Jesus come into your life. All you, have to, all you have to say is, Father says, the body of Christ. And you say, amen. And then you stick your tongue out at Father. Uh. That's the only time that you could stick your tongue out at Father and get away with it, his Holy Communion. And you say, amen. And then you receive Jesus. You receive his body and blood at that moment. Even in the host, you're receiving both the body and the blood of Jesus Christ at that moment. And then you take him back with you. And what do many of us do right after Holy Communion? Oh, what am I going to have for lunch? What am I going to have for breakfast? Oh, what about this? Oh, what about, we start thinking about all the things in our life. Oh, what about that football game today? I wonder who's going to win. You know, if it's football season or whatever, our sports season. We think about so many other things. And as Jesus said to St. Faustina, many who receive me in Holy Communion treat me as a dead object. They think about so many other things. They're concerned about so many other things. Instead of allowing me to heal them and to be with them at that moment. That's why right after Holy Communion, take some time and silence and prayer. If you don't know what to say, if you don't know what to say after Holy Communion, you're like, what do I say? What do I say? What do I do? I'll give you a simple prayer that you could do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And if that's all you say, for five minutes is, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Je-. And you could say it in many languages. Gracias, Jesus. Gracias, Jesus. And just keep praying it. Keep pr- just pray that prayer because Jesus loves it when we give thanksgiving. He loves gratitude. Gratitude for what he has done for us. Gratitude for what he gives to us. If that's all you can say, God will bless you. God will bless you for just giving thanksgiving. That's the word, the word Eucharist in Greek means thanksgiving. That's what it means. It literally means thanksgiving, that we're giving thanks to the Lord. Yes, the priest is giving thanksgiving through the prayers right after he consecrates the Eucharist, but also God wants us individually to give thanksgiving to him for this great gift of giving himself to us, his body and his blood. And this is why this homily of Jesus shocked many of his most devoted followers. These were his most devoted followers These were people who followed him into the desert where Jesus fed 5,000 people with a few loaves of bread and fish. But they were seeking only the bread of this life, not the bread from heaven. They were not seeking spiritual treasures, only earthly treasures. Don't set yourself just on the earthly treasures. God has so much more for you. God has so much more for you in heaven. Don't just set your heart on the riches of this life because they would deceive you. They will fall by the wayside eventually, but the treasures of heaven will last forever. And so this is why in this homily, when Jesus said, my flesh is true food. My blood is true drink. And they, and they kept trying to say, wait a minute. Are you really saying what you're saying? And Jesus just kept repeating it over and over again. That yes, what I'm saying, it's not hyperbole. It's not an image. If, it was, if the people thought it was hyperbole or an image or a parable, they wouldn't have walked away from them. They would not have walked away no they knew that he was talking literally here and how could they understand jesus had not consecrated the eucharist yet and the last supper we're looking at it from the perspective of the eucharist and the passion death it's a lot easier for us the resurrection for the people they didn't know They knew by Jewish law, you were not allowed to eat flesh. You were not allowed to drink blood. They were trying to be good Jews. And yet Jesus was giving them something even more that they did not understand. And that's why he says, is the spirit that gives life while the flesh is of no avail. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. We need to pray to the Holy Spirit to enlighten us. With this teaching of the Eucharist, there's this teaching of Holy Communion that we receive, that we can receive every single day of our life, and that is why many said, "This is too much. This is too much for us." That you say you're going to give your life for us, you're going to give us your body, your blood. That we will have no life unless we eat your body and drink your blood. This is too much for us. See you later. That's what they said. And they walked out by the droves, by high numbers. They walked out of the synagogue. Can you imagine if I were to give a homily, half of you would walk out on me? Or most of you? And there... Are the 12 apostles still there? And Jesus says to them, are you also going to leave me for these words? Jesus was not going to take back his words. And Peter said, master, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and are convinced that you are the Holy One of God. This is Jesus's or Peter's confession of Jesus. Maybe Peter said. Maybe I don't understand totally. What you're saying. Later he will understand. But Peter puts his faith. In Jesus. The one who does not put his faith in Jesus. The one who begins. To break away. The first schism. In the church. That happens. Is Judas. Judas. Judas, one of the twelve, does not believe. This is where Judas begins to fall away. It's not at the Last Supper. This is when he begins to fall away from Jesus. As Jesus, he even, even says that there's one who does not believe here. And so this is when Judas begins to fall away. And Jesus wants to give his body and blood. The Eucharist, not only is Jesus the sign of contradiction, as the prophecy of Simeon, the Eucharist is also a sign of contradiction. Will you receive him and have eternal life? Or will you refuse to receive him? But if you refuse to receive him, then you will not have eternal life. God wants to give you eternal life through his body and blood in holy communion, and even in spiritual communion, we can receive that. This is the greatest gift that Jesus can give us, the Eucharist. Receive this gift with love, with joy, and with gratitude. As anyone were to give you a gift, say on your birthday or your Christmas, What do you usually say to them when you rip open the gift? I'm one of those who rips open the gifts and throws all the paper all over. I'm not one of these very neat people. I like to throw it all over. And then what's the first thing you say to the giver of the gift? Thank you. Thank you for this gift. And when we open up the gift of the Eucharist and we ingest it and receive it, then let us also say to the giver of the gift, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me your body and blood and holy communion.
1: Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy